Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. This is episode number 29 with Patty House. Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and business coach, and I've decided to bring on other successful entrepreneurs to share their story and how they are helping others to do the impossible. Today, my guest, Patty, is a conversion copywriter who helps B2B companies increase sales, get more leads, and create diehard fans out of customers. She does this through helping with online course launch strategy, email marketing, sales pages, and web copy. Welcome, Patty, to the show. Hey, Amy. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to talk to, to your listeners. Yeah, and you have a really great story of how you started your business, and I'm wondering if you could share how you got started and kind of talk us through it a little bit. Sure. I fell into entrepreneurship. Um, I have to admit, I never even considered it until it sort of fell into my lap. So I was working corporate. I was working um, as a writer and I was bored silly. I had nowhere I could move within the company. So I really didn't have anything challenging going on. So I started a blog, a local blog. It was nothing earth shattering, nothing crazy. Um, but it was really fun for me and it was really a creative way for me to, to write again for fun. Um, and lo and behold, I started attracting the attention of some local companies, uh, local com- tourism companies who offered me a job, not like a full-time job, but a, you know, a side hustle job. And at the time I had no idea I could actually make money as a writer. And while the money was nothing to write home about, it was still really eye-opening for me to discover that I could actually pursue my dreams and, you know, maybe start a business, a real like actual business that I could quit my nine to five for. So I started looking into it and I ended up discovering conversion copywriting which is a mixture of science, psychology, and creative writing. And for me, it was just, it crossed off all, all the things I wanted to do in a, in a kind of a perfect job. So I started taking classes and honing my skills and eventually I quit my nine to five in 2017. And that's what I do full time now. So I kind of, it kind of fell into my lap, so to speak. So what really compelled you towards copywriting? You started that in the corporate world, but what was it initially that really drew you to that? I think it was that I could actually get results for my clients. So I could write something, which for me was really fun. I could, you know, delve really deep into the minds of my clients, ideal customers. And then I could write something that was absolutely results generating. And that to me was like, whoa, this is, this is awesome. How can I do this better? So um, yeah, I would say it was that. And how did you decide to really in focus on B2B? Because there is, you know, a huge market out there on, on B2C as well. Yeah. Well, I like the, I like the challenge of B2B um, and my background was B2B when I, when I work corporate. Um, and I think B2B has this reputation for being really boring and staid and that you're, it's an easy sell because you're selling to a business, 
But what companies forget is that there is an individual making that buying decision. So you still have to use some great marketing tactics. You need to be able to delve into the mind of those ideal customers and know exactly what they want to get out of your, out of your product. And I think as baby boomers are retiring and millennials are making more of the buying decisions, I think it's really important that marketing start to change for B2B. It, they can't go after the same decision makers that they have done for the last 20 or 30 years because those decision makers are not making the decisions anymore. So I think it's really important that marketing start changing and I want to be part of that. So what hurdles did you personally face when you started out on your business and how did you overcome them? Uh, for me, it was probably mindset. And I would have said I had zero mindset issues when I first started my business. I have since discovered that in the process of working through them, that I had so many more than I realized. And I think it comes from, you know, a fear of failure, a fear of success, probably some imposter syndrome, as many of us have. But I think for me, it was recognizing that I had these mindset issues and then figuring out a way to kind of blow past them, which, which I do by, I don't really know if I have a process per se, but the biggest thing for me was figuring out that I have a mindset issue and recognizing it. And what I do, I have discovered that my mindset issues are come up when I try to make what I think is like the easy decision. So I have two options and I'm like, I'm just going to go for the easy one. And that, that right there tells me it's a mindset issue because as entrepreneurs, we can't make the easy decisions. Very, very rarely can we make the easy decisions. We have to, if we want to scale and build our business. We have to take the hard path a lot of times. And so for me, it was, it was realizing that those making those easy decisions was not going to, was not going to build my business the way I wanted it to. So I give myself a day to think about it. And then I inevitably go back and think, ah, you got to do the hard thing. I'm sorry, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> I can so relate with that. It's so easy to, you think about all the work it's going to take to do or the resistance or whatever you're going to have to do to fight through it. But yeah, inevitably. And you know, I think that when I first started even my coaching business and doing online courses, I was dragging my feet and thought, oh, well, I'll just do it an easy way. And I'll just give people, still give people the content, but not in a formal online program. And that failed because that was the easy way. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. So does sales copy have to sound salesy? I think that a lot of people kind of, you know, veer away from it because they don't want to, you know, they're afraid of it sounding super salesy. And, and have you run into that at all? Yeah, I think absolutely not. People do not have to have sales copy that sounds salesy. Um, and in fact, I think there's a backlash right now going on against really strong sales tactics. People are tired of being sold to. They want to, they want to know that your company has a solution to their problem. So I think instead of focusing on like these heavy handed sales tactics, it's really important to focus on the messaging of your solution. So rather than selling, like these are the benefits of my product, you instead introduce your product 
as the solution to your prospect's problem. It's a lot more effective. I think it's it's a kind of a ray of, of sunshine in the lives of these people who get these awful emails that just sell, sell, sell. They're over it. So why do you think that businesses struggle so much with sales copy overall? Um, I think that a lot of times they don't really know how to do it. So they're following a formula that doesn't make sense to them. And I think they don't really know what problems their ideal customers are really struggling with. So they probably have an ideal client avatar, but they don't know those deep down fears, motivations, and frustrations of that avatar. Um, I'll give you an example. I did add copy for a client who was selling nutrition coaching. She knew the benefits of her product and that was that people were going to lose weight and they were going to fit into a smaller clothing size. But I always do in-depth interviews for all of my copy before I write. And what I discovered was that, sure, they liked fitting into a smaller clothing size. That was great. But that was so low on their priorities that it really didn't even matter that much to them. They were thinking about things like they wanted to walk up the stairs without being winded. They wanted to feel confident enough in how they looked and how they felt to book their dream vacation. And they wanted to do simple things like having the energy to go out for dinner with their friends after working all day. So we completely changed the way that the copy was and getting way better results because they're tapped into those really deep desires of what those ideal clients are looking for. And I think that's really important to know, like, you know, to write for one reader, not write for everybody and to know what it is that people really, really need out of your product and provide it as that solution. That's good. So what are some specific roadblocks to watch out for when you're, you know, putting something together when it comes to like a sales page or if you're trying to build a funnel, what would be like a common roadblock? I think the biggest problem people are struggling with, with their sales pages, funnels is, well, there's, there's multiple things, but I think the, the one big thing is that they, they try to avoid making people think that they're not part of their of their target audience so they write for everybody and they should be writing for one ideal reader so every sales copy that you write you should write it for one person so you're one ideal reader so now you know what they're struggling with you know you write for that one person because your solution while it may be a solution for multiple people Each group of people need to have a separate sales page. So you need to segment your email list if you have multiple groups so that you know which message to send to each separate segment of people. So I think that's kind of the biggest one that I see is that people are like, I want to be everything to everybody and you can't be. You have to provide a solution to one target group. And so I I see that as, as a really big problem because it really dilutes your message and you don't want to have a diluted message. Just like you don't want to have a diluted rum and Coke, you don't want to have a diluted message. So that's, I think the, the number one biggest problem I see. On a personal note, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Well, okay. I'm going to say this for the first time out loud ever in my life. 
I would love, if I wasn't being a copywriter, I would probably be like a romance novel writer, which just sounds ridiculous, but I would love to write a romance novel. And if I had five free minutes, I would seriously think about starting it, but I really don't. Alternatively, I would love to start a business with my husband who is not a risk taker and not an entrepreneurial spirit, but I think it would be fun to do something with him, like a local t-shirt business or something like that. I don't know if that'll happen, but that's kind of, that would be a couple of things I think would be really fun. That sounds really fun. Yeah. I, in some of that creativity and, and being able just to create. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what's been your truth that you've held fast to as you've moved forward in succeeding in your business? I think my one big thing is that I have to work with people who have similar ethics and values to mine. So I won't, I won't write copy for a product I don't believe in or that I feel is unethical. And I've turned down companies that don't have kind of the same value system I have. And that's been really important to me because, you know, money is one thing, but I have to sleep with myself at night. I have to sleep with my conscience. So, so for me, my, my truth is, is my ethics and how do I make sure that everything I work on is, is as ethical as I am. That's good. So if you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out as an entrepreneur, what would it be? Um, I would say it's that it's going to be hard. It's going to be so much harder than you ever realized it would be. And that myth that we've been sold that you can start a business and work four hours a week laying on the beach drinking pina coladas is a big fallacy for the vast, vast, vast majority of us. So if you're going into business thinking, oh, I can just like throw out a course and it's going to be so easy and I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to be able to be a digital nomad and travel the world while the money just rolls in while I sleep. It doesn't work like that, especially not at the beginning. In reality, you know, I'm sure you probably are the same. I work 60 hours a week, way more frequently than I ever work four hours a week or even four hours a day. You work hard, but at the same time, it is also so much more rewarding than I ever could have dreamed it would be. And when I'm working 60 hours a week, I'm working for 60 hours a week for my business, not for somebody else's. And I don't have that ceiling cap that I had when I worked corporate. And I can work with the kind of people that I want to work with. And so, you know, there's definitely give and take, but... I think people need to know that it is hard. It's hard and you will have mindset issues. You have to blast through and you have, you know, people that, that might be in your way and you just have to stay the course and you have to know that what you're doing is what you should be doing. And then it'll all be worth it on the other side. I think that's so good. In fact, I saw somebody this week who, it was hilarious. He po posted a picture of himself in a pool and he wrote on it, fake news. <laughs> And underneath it was, you know, because he's an entrepreneur and he was talking about how fake it is that, you know, all these people are saying you could be on the beach and, and, <laughs> and, and be making all this money. It, the truth is, is that you, you know, you do like, it's more, when am I not working versus <laughs> being yeah. on the beach, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. If you're on the beach, it's like, how strong is the Wi-Fi? <laughs> totally. Totally. And, and know that you, you're on the beach, but you're probably up at 5 a.m to work for three hours before you could get there yeah. and that it's, you know, it's, it's, 
Christmas Eve and you're checking emails and you're still posting on social media and you're doing all this other stuff when other people are celebrating and enjoying their time off. Yeah. But, but, but again, you're working on something you love. So it doesn't feel like, like work. Well, it feels like work, but it doesn't feel like that drudgery that I know I felt in corporate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you have to go after it for the right reasons. And if you're going after it because you don't want to work, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's craziness. Yeah, you're you're bound to be disappointed. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. That's really good. Well, I want to mention your website, and uh, if for those of you that are listening, Patty's website is p a t t i h a u s dot com. Pattyhouse dot com, and I'll link that on my website as well. Her Instagram is the same. I want to thank you so much for coming on today and, and just talking about your journey and some of the things that you work with. And I know that there's probably a lot of people out there right now with businesses that don't do marketing, that don't know how to do marketing. I can actually think of some of them that, you know, don't really know how to market. I want to just ask you if there's somebody out there that maybe, maybe they've got a website up, maybe they are B2B and they're really focused on their product heavily focused on their product. What's one piece of advice that you would give to them for 2019? I think the one piece of advice I'd give is to figure out who it is you really want to serve. And then how can your product solve those problems? A lot of times we do even do interviews and we figure out how people could change that product to really solve those big problems that customers are solving. And I think the more you know your ideal clients, the better off your products are going to be, the better your marketing is going to be, the better your messaging is going to be all around. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I can't believe how the time has gone by really fast. Again, if you want more information about Patty, are you interested in hiring her for one of your projects? Her website is pattyhouse.com. Thank you everyone for listening in this week. If you want more information about my podcast, you can go to a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone and have a wonderful week.